0: Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Caleb Schaefer.
1: You know, when I was watching that video, one of the things that came to mind is the reality that no matter whether or not your kids will say that they need you, they need you in every phase and stage of their life. And I think that was so fitting where he was in the too cool stage. I think I literally thought that about my mom and dad's driving, that within a, a couple of months of getting my license, that I was a better driver than them. It, this is, he, he's able to just uh, stereotype every stage so well. And uh, I thought it was so funny, They're in, he's in this too, too cool stage. And then within months of getting into college, who does he need again? He needs mom and dad all over again. And this speaks to this reality that no matter what stage of life your kids in, our kids are in, even if they never say it, they're going to need you. And let me just add this at this moment. It is not your kids' responsibility to pursue you. It's your responsibility to pursue your kids. It's your responsibility to say even if you feel like they're they're Closed off. It's still your responsibility to pursue them, to go after them. And I believe that there is a prophetic scripture, I don't know where it is in the Old Testament, but it says that there will come a day, especially with fathers, there will come a day when God will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, that He will cause them to begin to pursue their kids in a way that they've never pursued them before. But just because your kids can't even articulate it or even tell you how much they need you, they still need you in your life. One of the or in their lives. One of the things that I think can make parenting uh, so hard is that your kids don't necessarily say how much value you have. They're not really saying that all the time. They're not waking up saying, you know, you mean so much to me today. How many of you know that being parents is a thankless job? you're not getting it all the time. You're not, (laughs) amen. And by the way, let me just say, um, we're not experts at parenting. We're right in the middle of it. We're right in the middle of this and we're figuring it out ourselves. But they're not necessarily uh, saying how much value you have to them. But I wanna tell you that even if they don't say it, they're thinking it. And, and, And I wanna show you what I mean by that. There's a pastor named Chris Hodges And uh, he's a pastor at a church called Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. And at the beginning of this year, I was listening to a leadership teaching that he was doing. And he was talking about uh, one of the things that uh, they've been doing in their youth program. And part of that thing that they were doing was he went to the youth because he wanted to know what Gen Z is thinking. And they, they completed a survey. And in this survey every one of the students in their ministry were to complete this sentence, I wish my parents knew, dot, dot, dot. And I want you to hear what their answers were because this tells you that even though they may not say it, they need you in their lives. I wish my parents knew, even though my actions don't always show it, I desperately want to please my parents. I wish my parents knew how much I love them even though I don't always say it. I wish my parents knew how much I treasure their advice, even when I acted like I could care less. These are real responses. I wish my dad knew how much I loved holding his hand, even when I acted like I was embarrassed in front of my friends. I wish my parents knew when they wouldn't let me date that guy and I got mad at them for it, that I was really thankful that they were fighting for me. I wish my parents knew that instead of threatening to punish me, I needed them to do it. I wish my parents knew how hard it is to stay pure. I wish my parents knew the evils that I face every day. See, what this speaks to is the reality that even though your kids may not share with you how valuable you are to them, in every phase of their life, they are still going to need you, and they're going to still need you to pursue them.
0: So as we saw in the video, uh, Trey did a great job of going through the different stages and phases of children. Um, And I think what we saw there is that children never outgrow the need of a parent. But what does change is what the need of the child has in the responsibility of the parent and how it changes um, as the kids age. Parents will always play a critical role and an important part Of their child no matter how old the child is Mm. so we're gonna look at four different phases of parenting we're gonna break down what a kid needs and what the parents responsibility looks like so the first one is the early years the discipline years these are from birth up until about five years old so the child needs control can I get an amen (laughs) children need to learn that there are both boundaries and consequences These are the years of who is in control must be established. This becomes especially critical from about three to five. We all know we say those terrific twos. Um, just wait till you get to the fives, the testy fives. <laughs> um, anyways, those, those so the child is, they're testing because they're actually asking who's in control. Are you in control or am I in control? And they're, they're in, a, in a way that they can't verbalize, they're asking who is in control here. So the parent's responsibility during these early years is consistency. Okay, so has anyone, what's the key to real estate? Does anybody know? It's location, location, location. Okay, what's the key to parenting in these early years? Consistency, consistency, consistency. 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 Yeah. Say that three times. Consistency, 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 consistency. It's like exhausting just saying the word three times. <laughs> it is exhausting during this stage of consistency. The parent needs to be consistent. Um, consistency between like what I say and what I do, but also between husband and wife. Yes. I love it, Zeke is like such a master miner, oh, okay? Yes. Because like yesterday, uh, Caleb said no video games. So he, he stands here and he waits for daddy to go around the corner and he goes, can I play video games? real quiet i'm like what god i'm like why what did daddy say never mind like he just knew right he knew that daddy was gone um and he didn't want daddy to hear because daddy would have been like boy i already told you you're done with your video games but consistency is key in these early years proverbs 22 6 says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it so like train them up know the the rights and the wrongs um but yeah we will get to more of that later but what i love about this verse is it says train up a child in the way he should go referring to that child so each of your children are individuals Mm -hmm. they're different they're specific they have special dna from god and it does make parenting more challenging because what works for one kid does not work for the other and it would be so easy if here's all your kids and they all will be exactly the same but that's not true at all which is why consistency matters
1: can i say something real quick yes (laughs) you know when i think about uh consistency i think it really ties into the the marriage messages that we've heard the last couple of weeks because you can't be consistent in this phase of their life if you're not communicating with one another. And I learned early on, one of my greatest weapons with my kids was to say, I need to talk to mom about that. And not just give in to whatever they wanted. And it it was a way in which I got out of having to make a decision in the moment, but it was also mutually beneficial because then I could come to Allison and we could get on the same page so we know, we know what we are doing in this moment with this specific situation. Otherwise, the, the, the other result is this, is that you're consistent, you're just inconsistent. You are consistently inconsistent. And your kids have no problem manufacturing and manipulating you to get a divided house as long as the divided house gets what they want.
0: They're, they're so testing you, who's in control here. Absolutely. Am I in control or are the parents? It's establishing that authority in the household.
1: And there's nothing I enjoy more messing with my kids than when that's my response and they're like, dang it. I couldn't get dad. I couldn't use him to get what I want. And so you've got to make sure that you are communicating so that you can be consistent. And that's not just with the kids now. It's kids at any stage of, the, of their lives.
0: Right. Um, in Proverbs 23, 12 through 13, in the Passion Translation, it says, Pay close attention to the teaching that corrects you and open your heart to every word of instruction. This is my favorite part. Don't withhold appropriate discipline from your child. Go ahead and punish him when he needs it. Don't worry, it won't kill him. <laughs> Some says it says, don't spare the rod, spoil the child. But what that's saying is like, you're not, yes, it may hurt in the moment, but in the long run, you're really saving your kid. Absolutely. They are asking you, what are my boundaries? Where is it safe? And if it gets crossed, what will my discipline be? Consistency is key. Okay. Number two in the phases of parenting or of children is the training years. This is about from age five to 12. Now, they can overcross a little bit, but specifically, this is the uh, years where your child is gaining understanding. This is the why, the why. Don't yeah. do that. Well, why? And it's not like the little kid why, why, why. It's like they generally there's a part of their brain where they are starting to uh, like wonder in in um, what further explanation i guess and because i said so although it's really easy does not really pay off in the long run yeah they want to know the why to understand the why behind what your family values why you have these expectations correction in this age is still needed but it's more correction with explanation mm. like in the early years from 0 to 5 you're not you're not reasoning with a 2 year old Okay, they you need don't to say that
1: again. Okay, <laughs> you don't,
0: don't reason with a two-year-old from zero to five. There's no reasoning. And if if you do that again, it's like no, you said it. Get up and go. You know, put them in timeout or you know deal with their behavior. Um, but in the ages of five to twelve, these training years, this is crucial for establishing with your child and with your family that no question is off limits. Um, this is the great part where they come to you with, "Well, how are babies made?" great you know like the awkward questions but this is this is you guys have the 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 opportunity the blessing of being the one that gets to answer these questions right they're coming to you don't shut it off because you may feel awkward or don't Mm -hmm. shut it off because um, maybe you don't know how to answer it like take the time to work on it and find the answers together Um, So the the child's need is to gain understanding. The parent's responsibility in these years are to shape their worldview through teaching and training, questions and answers, applying your faith to real life situations. This is a critical time for scripture memorization, for applying God's word, for you as parents to know it so that you can infuse it into everyday conversations. Deuteronomy 6 says this. This is the command, the rules and regulations that God, our God, commands me to teach you to live out in the days that you're about to cross into the, into the, what is that?
1: Into, to possess.
0: Thank you. Into, possess. This is, (laughs) thank you. This is so, see, look, we're just doing it. We're doing it. Okay. This is so that you'll live in deep reverence before God lifelong, observing all his rules and regulations that I'm commanding you. You and your children and your grandchildren. Live living good long lives. Listen, obedient Israel. Listen, obediently church. Do what you're told so that you'll have a good life. And live abundantly and bounty just as God has promised in the land abounding with milk and honey. Listen, attention church. God, our God, he is the one and only. Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Live with him all the days of your life. And this is what I love. Write these commandments that I give to you today. Give them inside, get them inside of you. So, like, this is God's command to us. And I feel like such a charge as parents, God, or parents, get God's word inside of them. Yeah. Get God's word inside of them. Talk to your children. Talk to them wherever you are, sitting at your home, walking in the streets, talking with them from the time you get up in the morning to the time that you fall asleep at night. Tie them around your hand and your forehead as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorstep of your home. Um, just... Don't, don't confine God's laws and his conversations to church. Like, let it be everywhere. Let it be natural. Let it be um, just infused wherever you are. So to sum up, these training years from 5 to 12, it would be time. So 0 to 5 is consistency, consistency, consistency. These years is time, time, time. It takes time to answer the why. Like, yes, yeah. it takes the time, but it will pay off. It will so pay off.
1: And- Can I add to that? Yes, please. (laughs) We've already talked about this. We're in agreement about interrupting each other. And so, but, you know, uh, this. I think the truth is, and this is the beauty of how God uses your kids to actually strengthen your relationship with him. He uses them because they will ask you questions you don't have answers to about your faith. And it will require you to go get that answer to be able to give them one. It, it helps uh, solidify your faith in Jesus as well. And I think one of the reasons why in this stage we say stuff like because the Bible says so or we don't answer is because we actually haven't figured that out yet. Right. Good. And God wants your faith to be solidified in him as well. And I think it's just amazing how many different questions that my kids have asked me, specifically Gideon, uh, that he's asked me that I've had to go to scripture to get answers for. Because I haven't thought about that. But we're, we're going to get to why that's necessary later. But this is just so, such a critical time. Because God will use your kids to really solidify your faith. Right. Why do you believe what you believe? Yeah. You know, some, a lot of us, we grow up in church. And it's just what we do. We, we, we readily accept Christ. And we do that. And that's great. But then you'll have kids that will start to ask why. What's your answer in that moment? You know, give give an answer for the hope that you have in him, even to your kids.
0: Yeah, I think one of the um, humbling things about being a parent is like we have this phrase that we say in our homeschool group is being the lead learner. Like, not acting like you know everything, Mm. but humbling yourself and learning with your kid. Like, being like, hmm, that's a great question. Let's look at that together. Because it, it takes this, like, mystification that when you get old, you know everything. But coming down and showing your kid that, like, you're always learning, right? You're always being humbled. You're always, God is always revealing another part of his character to us as adults. And we never outgrow wanting to learn more about God.
1: And it also makes it so that your kids understand that your faith is not something that you do when you're an adult. And that's a big thing. I remember as a kid looking at my parents, thinking they know something about God that I don't know, and I guess that's just something that happens when you get older. But there was times earlier on, even after that, where they really pushed us into like middle school ministry and youth ministry, and that's why we have things here like that. To supplement and compliment you as you're raising your kids to, to know who Jesus is. But they pushed me in those times. And what I found out, especially in middle school, is that, wow, I can have a relationship with Jesus Christ for myself. It's not something I get to when I'm an adult. It's for every stage and phase of their lives. And so it's important to engage your kids in this way so that they understand that this relationship with God thing is not just something adults do, but that they do as well and they can do.
0: Yeah, I remember there was a specific time. It was uh, one of my kids was having a hard time not being angry, right? It's not something that we ever outgrow. I think adults are good at hiding and masking their anger, but we were able to take the time. I can't do this on my own. It was the conclusion that Gideon had come to, and Mm -hmm. it was correct. You can't. When you get to the end of yourself, that's where Jesus comes in, right? Yeah. Like, I can't change this anger, I can't, right. And like, to, but, these, but that would not have developed had we not taken the time and the conversation, right? It takes time for the kids to unpack this, not just you need Jesus, but for them to figure that out on their own. Like, yeah. where they come to that conclusion, ah, I'm at the end of myself, and that, you know, is where Jesus comes in. So, the, the third phase is the coaching years. Think of these as like a football, basketball coach. The child needs loving guidance. This is where you as a parent are starting to just kind of take a back roll and let them play out, per se. If you we have like a game scenario, they're on the court, they're playing life, and you from the the sidelines are coaching them. This is a season of less correction and discipline and more connection, more yeah. depth of a relationships. This needs to be a season of guiding through guiding your kids through many conversations. Um, So our parent responsibility is practical practice. So you've trained them. You've taught them. Now it's time to start nudging them toward the edge of the nest, per se, and um, refining your training. It'll, you know, oh, this is what we still need to work on. Or, yeah, you've got that, giving the kids the courage to fly. It's not, it will not be very long before they are out on their own. um, And... You know, they're going to need that practice of real-life application. The, your goal as a parent is to work yourself out of a job. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, my goal for parenting overall, if I have a goal, it's to create healthy, independent adults that contribute to society. Yeah. That is my goal. As Like, I want you to be able to clean a toilet, to, to do laundry, to multiply and divide, but also to serve, to give. Like, I want you to be a self-sufficient adult. Yes that can give back to society. So our job is to train them to be successful and capable of doing that on their own. Mm -hmm. Psalms 127, three through five says, do you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy, like a warrior's fist of arrows are the children of, vigor, of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed mm-hmm. you are, parents, when your quiver is full of children. So, the analogy is talking about a warrior that has arrows, and you're spending these first 18 years shaping, creating, sharpening yeah. these arrows so that you can then propel them, right, to, to go out and make a difference, right? They're gonna land somewhere. Where your child lands, are they gonna be able to do what God has them to do? Mm-hmm. You know, have you sharpened them? Have you made them, um, I don't know, what have you made them to ready. be able to, yeah, have you made them ready? Yeah. Um, if you are practicing these principles of control in the early years, you'll have less control later, um, and you're going to be able to enjoy these years. Yeah. I feel like um, the teens can sometimes get a very like negative connotation, but honestly, working in youth for over 12 years, they were amazing. Yeah. I love the teenagers. They have, you can have like great conversations. Yeah. Being at home with littles all day, it's like you can actually like talk to a teen, and they have opinions, and they have questions, and it's so great to converse in those conversations. Yeah. Um, parents, the, this, these years are summed up as talking, 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 talking. And it's always going to be not on your time, not on your time, not on your time. It's always going to be, for whatever reason, teen, teen clocks at about 1130 or 10, they're like, hey, I'm ready to share my deepest <laughs> feelings inside. And parents are like, I'm done. You know, like literally it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just the only real human. It's like 830, I'm done. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. I don't want to see you again. Like I've seen you all day.
1: Literally last night, Gideon was laying on our bed. And it was like 10 o'clock, and it's, that's his bedtime. And he's like, Dad, why are there 24 hours in a day? And I was like, I know what you're doing. Go to bed.
0: But it's always the best go. questions. It's it, always the heartfelt, like, and you are just like, no, 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 I don't want to do this right now. Right. No, go to bed, you know. Right. But it's like, it really is like pause. And there was a quote that says, nothing that God has planned is ever on your timeline. Right. And it's like, uh, oh. Yeah. Pause, you know, smile. I love you. Yes, what's your question? You know, but like it really is um, talking, talking, talking during these guidance years. Um, The next phase is the friendship years, these are the adult years. Um, Yes, you will be friends with your kids at one point, but not while they're still young and in your house. I tell my kids all the time, like, I am not your friend. Go play with friends, right? Like, I am mom. We will get there one day. We will get there. I love to say that I am truly friends with my mom, dad, and my wonderful in-laws. We are friends. But um, mom and dad were not my friend when we were in high school. They definitely were still authoritative figures.
1: And what I see a lot of times in parenting is a temptation to skip the previous step to get here. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is because you have skipped the coaching step, You have not prepared them for adulthood, so that's why they continue to live in the house. It's quiet. (laughs) But that's why the coaching years are so pivotal. Let me give you an example of a teaching time with Gideon. Um, How how many of you have ever seen the Cosby Show episode where Bill Cosby sits down with Theo, and Theo's like, I'm going to make so much money, and I'm going to have all this stuff, and he brings out some monopoly money, and he starts to whittle it away from Theo to oh, give he said, him. A oh, picture.
0: you want to live in a big house? Yeah, and he's like, "Well, oh. that's going to cost this."
1: So Gideon, you wanna drive
0: that car. Oh, you're going to have a girlfriend too, so yeah. you got to get.
1: So that I, money. I had that, I had that conversation with Gideon. Gideon was like, "When I get older, I'm just going to eat Chick-fil-A every day," and, and it was it was like nine o'clock at night, and I was like, "This is the time. Let's let's go here." I'm like, "All right, Gideon." You want to eat Chick-fil-A every day? How much do you think that's going to cost? He was like, oh, about 6 bucks. And I was like, all right, cool. So how many times are you going to eat Chick-fil-A every day? He was like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. OK, $18 a day. All right, well, let's calculate that. All right, So we wrote that down. I was like, where are you going to live? He was like, my own apartment. So I went to apartment.com. I was like, where do you want to live? He's downtown, live in he's living downtown. And I was like, okay, no, cool. No, he's living downtown yeah. behind
0: Cooper Stadium yeah, or Huntington yeah. Park.
1: And so yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So that's going to be about $2,300 a month. What kind of car are you going to drive? He was like, a Tesla.
0: Fantastic.
1: <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that's about a $65,000 car. And so we added it all up. And I said, well, where do you want to work? He was like, I'll work at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> cool. So let's break this down. So basically I got to the point where I was like, here's your massive deficit. What are you going to do? And he was like, well, I guess I'll just live with you. And I was like, no, this is the coaching years. No, 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 no. Don't get it twisted. You're not living with me. I love you, but I will love you in a different way When you are an adult. You're not living with me. That's not part of this program here. (laughs) You know, but this is, but see, if, but there's something that happens in adults when you find your soul, security, and identity in your kids. You don't want them to become adults. Because once they get out of your house, you have to now figure out who you are all over again. Because you're no longer... You're no longer da- you're dad or you're no longer mom and you, 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 you can't find your, you can't hang your hat and your success on what you're able to provide for them because they're in your house.
0: I always say, I and don't so know they, what I want to be when I grow up. So a
1: lot of times we see <laughs> yeah. parents skipping this step Yeah. and going straight to the adult years and, and you got to hang on in the coaching years.
0: Yeah, it's so true. So the friendship years will come, like we said, and like, uh, like the, the child is growing but so is the parent, right? Like this yeah. there is different stages of parenting. Like you're not controlling in the adult years, right? Like that is the time for when they're 0 to 5. The so the friendship years is are the friendship years is their adult years. When they move <laughs> out when they're over 18, the child needs space. Mm-hmm. Space to be allowed to experience their independence by making their own decisions with an offhand approach from mom and dad. Unless that child is still living at home, they are no longer your sole responsibility. Yeah. Even though you're still available to be there for them, for wisdom and advice, the child needs space. The parent's responsibility in this stage looks different. It looks like support. Yeah. Have you, you have helped them develop their character, their responsibility, their worldview. It's now time for you to watch them soar on their own. Right. <clears throat> when they need you, be there. But not as a parent. You are now there as a friend. Yeah. Friends don't always input their advice every time it could be. You, you listen to the heart of your friend, right? So a parent, it's like, yes, you could always keep saying stuff, but you're coming from a friendship point of view.
1: There was this time where Allison and I'll never forget this. I had been serving in youth, and I was a youth leader. And so I was really used to, like, you know, kids coming up for an altar call or something and me sharing, like, some advice with them or something. And so I remember one time we were walking, and Allison is just like pouring out her heart. And I'm like, well, this is what you need to do. And so I'm just like dropping scriptures and wisdom and advice. And I'm like, I'm amazing, because I'm just pouring out the revelation. And she's like, I don't need you to pastor me. I need you to listen to me. And what ends up happening sometimes in this dynamic with your adult kids is your adult kids sometimes just need you to listen. They don't need the advice. They don't need the pastoring. They don't need the coaching years. They just need the support, right?
0: Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, there are there will be times where you're like, "What do you think?" That is your cue. Yeah. Yep. Well, you ask. Here it goes. But sometimes we as we just want someone to listen to us, right? And knowing that our parents um, can be a safe place for that. Uh, once your child reaches eighteen, think about this: they are now also your brother and sister in Christ. Mm. And that, like, kind of like, yeah, one day Zeke will be my brother and sister in Christ as long as, you know, as well as be my child. But, like, we will be serving the kingdom together, you know, as brother and sister. Um, my goal, my hope mm-hmm. is that one day I raise up my kids that I will, that they will be people that I will want to be friends with one day. Right? They will be giving. They will be thinking of others. They will be caring. That is the goal, Right? So to sum up this season, it would be space, space, space. So we have consistency, 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 time, 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 talking, 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 space, space, space. The seasons of childhood are demanding, but they're also changing. They're changing for the child and they're changing for us as parents. Um, So where are you at in this? What is your primary focus of the season? By raising our children through these lenses, these are intentional Categories. Mm-hmm. It helps us as parents to have a mental roadmap to how to get from point A all the way to point Z, right, where they are grown adults to help prepare them for the world. So, to maximize our impact as parents, we are going to talk specifically over this week index about intention.
1: What Being is intentional. Being
0: intentional. Intent- yeah. How do I say? Intentionality? Intentional
1: or intentionality. Yeah, Yeah. thank
0: you. Um, A well-known pastor was asked, he had a big church and they were asking how, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned for your family? And he said that it's about being intentional. What you focus on, you give your best attention to.
1: So once again, like if we're going to maximize, maximize um, our impacts as parents, then we're going to have to be intentional in our parenting. So what does it mean to be Intentional. Well, to, to be intentional is to be purposeful in what you do as a parent, to be purposeful in what you do as a parent. Now, I know that seems like a lot of common sense, but just because you're a parent doesn't mean that you're parenting with purpose and intention. Right. Okay, that, uh, let's, let's be very real. Um, some parents are simply DNA donors, mm-hmm. okay? They're not pur- they are not parenting with purpose and intention. They gave life to their kids, but they aren't aren't a part of their kids' lives. There are parents that live in the same home as their children, but they aren't even present. I saw this uh, in high school. Uh, One of my good friends, we hung out all the time, and a lot of times I would go over to their house, and I would hang out. And uh, in that house, there was a front office, and that's where their dad was every single time I was at the house. It didn't didn't matter what time of the afternoon or the evening or the weekend I was there, he was always in that room. And it was like, that's his room, that's his man cave. Leave him alone. Never, I never saw him come out and even interact. He was there, but he wasn't even present with his kids. See, this is what I like to call default parenting. What is default parenting? Default parenting is doing the bare minimum just to get by. I'm gonna give you food, I'm gonna give you clothes, I'm gonna give you some toys, I'm gonna give you a place to sleep, I've done my job, that's it. It's the bare minimum. It's interesting because uh, I have this iPhone and I've added apps to this iPhone. I have tailor made it for for my preferences and I've got a whole bunch of, of different things on here. But if I go into the settings and I reset it to its factory settings, guess what's going to happen? It's going to do the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. It's going to default to a factory bare minimum level of of use. That's what parenting is when you're just default. You're just doing the bare minimum when it comes to your engagement with your kids. When you default uh, parent, you do bare minimum. And here's what happens you often find yourself in a reactive state instead of a proactive state. Here's an elephant in the room. I often wonder how, how much proactive parenting was going on in a household if the, 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 what I see is constantly fixing issues because that's what ends up happening, is that there's, there's a constant reaction instead of proactivity. See, when you're present and you are engaged and you're purposeful and you're intentional, what you end up doing is spending time avoiding problems rather than fixing them. Right. If you've got a car and you know your oil change needs to be changed every 5,000 miles, but you choose to just do the bare minimum and change it every 10,000, guess what? You will spend all of that time with that relationship with that vehicle fixing problems instead of avoiding them. This is often what happens in parenting, is that when you're just doing the bare minimum, you end up having to address issues that could have been fixed by just avoiding them in the first place. And so you gotta be purposeful and intentional. See, one of the things that is common with default parents is that they're often primarily preoccupied rather than present. And how many of you know, preoccupation is not something that just comes out of nowhere. Sometimes it does, but other times we choose to be preoccupied. We choose it. And so they're, they're preoccupied rather than present. What does that mean? It looks like parenting from behind your iPhone. It looks like uh, parenting with your focus on the TV or the computer. It's being there, but it's not being present. And let me give you an example. I can't tell you how many times, and, and, and I'm not speaking, I am not perfect in this area. This is convicting me. Because there have been times where the kids are talking to me, and I'm literally zoned out here, and I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy, yeah, that's great. That's what preoccupied parenting looks like. You're parenting from, from behind a intermediary and you're not able to truly connect with your kids.
0: Can I interject? Here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you were born after 1985 raise your hand. Born after 1985. Okay. So, why are we so preoccupied? Yeah. So, the year that I went to college was the very first year that Facebook was invented. And it was invented for people who had uh, college accounts so that you could connect with your friends from high school as you all went to different colleges. So, you had to have a, like, dot .osu, U, like, you had to have a college uh, email to be able to get on Facebook. So, with that being said, like, we, from my generation, younger, have had social media facebook um instagram Mm -hmm. snapchat like all of these things readily available to us since we have begun our adulthood or since even like middle school when the younger generation of has had it since they've been born and so what that has done is it's infiltrated our psyche to be all about us, yeah. right? Like, it is all about us. It's selfies. It's let me post what I'm doing. Let me highlight my reel. Let me show you the best side of me. It, but it also has caused me to be entertained. Oh, I don't like that. Let me just keep scrolling. Oh, that's not uh, that's not entertaining. Let me move quicker, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but what that's done um, from a parenting perspective is that has uh, made us uh, – very selfish, Mm. right? It's become all about me. It's become, what do I want? Where am I looking? Where am I getting my attention?
1: I was, um, and, and, and I want to speak to this because there are some amazing things about having a phone. And then there are some things that are absolutely terrible about it. Mm. Uh, one of the amazing things is I have hundreds of videos and photos of the kids. Um, and that's a benefit. But I really felt convicted when we were putting this together because um, we, in 2009, we went to Europe. And one of the things that we did on the trip is um, I took a video camera. And I took the video camera because I didn't want to miss anything on the trip. I wanted to uh, make sure that I could capture every single moment. But the problem with that is that I actually didn't experience any of the moments. Mm -hmm. Because I was so focused on remembering the moment, I didn't even experience the moment. Mm -hmm. And I see that with this. A lot of times, we want to take pictures and get videos and capture every moment, and we're not even experiencing it.
0: Yeah and it's not to be like a condemnation at all like no. that's not what I'm saying I'm just the reality is is this is what we are used to right this is what we've grown up with this has become our norm and it's like when we pause and know that, it gives us more encouragement to maybe be aware of it and fix it, right? To yeah. not always be there. Just because you're posting pictures of your kids doesn't mean that you're with your kids. Just because you're posting Rare. videos of what they're doing does not mean that you have s- sat there and interacted with your kids.
1: Yeah, and my, I guess my encouragement <clears throat> is allow more memories to live here than here. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let them live here. Because when they're here, you're fully immersed in the moment. When it's Mm -hmm. on here, you're trying to live it later instead of living it in the the moment. And so we got to make sure that we're not preoccupied. And here's the danger about being preoccupied. Now, let me just stop right here. Um, Can we all acknowledge, just in the brief moments we've already talked, parenting is overwhelming. (laughs) There's a lot to it. It's dense. Yeah. Okay, there's a lot to it. And, 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 and when we're sharing these things, we're not sharing them from a conviction standpoint. We're sharing them from a, these challenge us. This is just the reality. But I want to really encourage so many of you, especially if you're younger and you would identify with just these things that we talked about with the phone and everything, um, the danger of being preoccupied is that your kids are being parented by other
0: things. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: See, when you're preoccupied, your, par- your kids are being parented by TV, they're being parented by video games, they're being parented by social media. Let me just ask you a question for the younger parents in the room. Have you been preoccupied to the point that you don't even know the content of what your kids are watching?
0: Right. Just because There's it's been G on Netflix or does Disney not Plus. mean There's that. There's been it's- times
1: where where sorry. I'm just getting passionate. But there's been times where, the, where, where there's a show that we've, we've accepted, but then there's an episode on, and I'm like, what in the world is this? And it's like, we're not watching this anymore. That's right. mm-hmm. But when you're preoccupied, you miss it. Right. And here's the reality. Your kids need to be parented so they will find someone to parent them. Mm-hmm. If you're preoccupied and you're not present, this is what happens. They're being parented by video games, by social media, by YouTube, by their friends and their friends' parents. Uh, you know, Props to Aaron Coolidge because uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure of is that Gideon is not uh, exposed to pornography at a young age that I'm not aware of the way in which he could do it. And so I asked him about on Xbox. You know, here's the truth about Xbox and video games and all those things. Um, they, they're online and they've got their friend list, but any person at any point can send them a message. Right. And so I wanted to make sure, and I talked to, to Aaron, I said, how do, you, how do you do this? And he showed me how to do it, um, because I'm like the first year of millennial, so I still got a little bit of like Gen X boomer in me. Um, but I was like, how do you do this? And he walked me through it, because I'm like, this is a place that I could see this happening and I'm not going to allow any foothold to take place in Gideon's life. That yeah, way.
0: I mean, it can be really overwhelming, but yeah. we have to be aware that the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy our children. Yeah, He wants them. Why do you think the whole, the tide of America is after young kids?
1: And I'm saying all of this to say, do not underestimate the role that you have in your kids' lives. Pastor Tammy uh, talked about this last week. She said, I used to tell my kids that if I don't have their eyes, then I don't have their heart. When she said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Caleb, it has been turned the other way around. It is now that your kids don't have your heart if they don't have your eyes. They don't have your heart if they don't have your eyes. If your eyes are here or on the TV and you're parenting preoccupied, they don't have your heart you can't lie to your kids they don't have it the best inheritance a parent can give his children (laughs) is a few minutes of undivided time and attention each day just yesterday z came to me earlier this week and he said dad i want some special time and they're all they're all in competition and it's like if I have one on one undivided time with one of the kids, then the other two feel super salty and they're all like annoying. They're like, when do you have it with no, me? No, it's, it's like you have a
0: family whose love language is quality, quality time. time. Everyone's yeah. love language is quality time. Yeah. So they all want that one on one attention so, with just that person.
1: So Special I was time. I was looking at my schedule and I was like, Zeke, this was earlier this week. I said, Zeke, I don't think we can have that that quality time until Saturday. And he's like, Okay, Saturday, cool. So what does he do? He goes to Allison. He puts it on the calendar. We have a calendar in the living room. Daddy's special time. He woke up on Saturday. He was like, we're having special time. And I was like, I kind of forgot. But, but okay. And so I'm like, what do you want it to be? So he goes up in his room. And we, uh, he's got a Nintendo Switch. He's low-key a child prodigy. Like, it's kind of scary um, how he just beats things at five. But this was the funniest thing ever. So he's like, I want to play the Nintendo Switch in your room. And before he said that, he was like, hey, when I get older, I want all this in my room. It's like, what do you mean? He was—he wants a 65-inch flat screen TV in his room with this game system and everything. I was like, you're not going to have that. But we can go to your room, we can shut the door, and me and you can play video games together. The problem was, we have no TV in there. So we're sitting on the floor, I'm on my knees, looking at that Nintendo Switch screen, <laughs> propped up on, on, on the carpet, and I'm like, my, my legs are going numb. <laughs> like, it's, it was a struggle. But you know what, it was a solid hour, and his behavior, just from that undivided time, was incredible next, yeah. Yes, yeah. yesterday. Why? Because I wasn't preoccupied. I was present in the moment, We were bonding. We were having that time together. The best inheritance a parent can give his children is just a few minutes every single day of their lives.
0: I think it is hard for us to view children as a blessing when culture is screaming that they're a burden. Mm. They are a blessing. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that every day. My children are a gift. They're a blessing. Yeah. Children are a blessing. Sometimes you have to speak it (laughs) until you believe it because you're bombarded with children are a burden. You know, in this like all about me culture, oh, I have to stop what I want to do and help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we're not, culture is not out to serve others. Right? If you want to be more like Jesus, have a kid. Okay, because it makes you so refined. I am on my knees, Lord. Like, I thought that I wasn't selfish. And then there's another layer. Another layer. It's like, we're like onions, right? Like, just get, if you, and then if you really want to be sanctified, homeschool your kids. Because you're with them (laughs) (sighs) 24-7. Oh, man. But kids are a blessing. And we have to believe that. They are not a burden to us. You view blessing and burdens completely different. Yep. You do. Burdens are obligations. There's something that you have. I have to fix you dinner. I get to fix you dinner. Yep. I get to give you a bath. I get to love you instead of oh, I have to do that again. Yeah. And it is. And I hate to say it, but we are s- swimming upstream in culture, viewing children as a blessing yep. and not a burden.
1: Yep. Um, you know, when I think about that. Uh, I see Jesus rewriting the script on the value of kids, and I see that in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 and 14. Uh, it says this, it says, Then some children were brought to Jesus, so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And what did the disciples do? They rebuked them. The Jesus said, They rebuked, the, rebuked children. the children. But Jesus said, Let the children alone, and do not hinder them, From coming to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these how was he rewriting the script well in Jewish culture and we actually see this carry over in American culture how many of you were raised in a time where the living room was off limits it was the parent room right or there was a special room where parents would meet with their friends and you couldn't go into that room it was kind of the the room
0: the formal The, the
1: formal room where adults have conversations there was say what yeah but I saw that on TV you know, but it was a cultural thing. Well, in Jewish culture, like until you became a man or until you entered into adulthood, you were seen often as the inconvenience. Right. As, as a, don't, don't, don't bother us right now. And why did the disciples rebuke the kids? They did not rebuke the kids because they thought that the kids were an inconvenience to Jesus. They rebuked the kids because the kids were a burden to them. And Jesus was rewriting the skip script They're not a burden. They're not, not an obligation. Matter of fact, go ahead and part the sea and let them come to me. Right. Because they're not an obligation. And so we can't treat our kids like an obligation because parenting is a calling. Right. And here's where we're going to, to wrap it up. Parenting is a calling. This is not something that just is accidental. Just because you've had kids doesn't mean that you're, you're exempt from this. When you have a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview, you will know that parenting is a calling. It is something that God commissions you to. Now, here's why parenting is a calling. Parenting is a calling because your kids have a calling. Parenting is a calling because your kids have a calling. And you have a responsibility to steward this position well, to train a child, as Proverbs says, in the way that they should go, because God, before the foundation of the world, before he was, they were formed in the womb, he had plans to prosper them and not to harm them. He also knew that those kids would be given to you. And so it's a calling because your kids have a calling. God has allowed your children to exist. Therefore, they have a calling and a destiny, and he is entrusting you to steward your position as a parent to the best of your ability. And I learned this all too well in, in just a small way. Uh, before Gideon was born, I think we shared this before, but before Gideon was born, uh, Allison felt like the Lord said his name is Gideon. At the time, you, you ever just hear a name and you're like, that just doesn't sit right. And I was like, that's not, that, that's not his name. I wanted to call him Noah, to be honest. I wanted to to name him Noah. And I, that was my, my thing. I was like, I was, I was like, I think his name is Noah. And Allison goes, she was like, no, his name is not Noah. Because I think at the time you had no, a be, kid in, in I'm your I'm sorry class. if your
0: name is Noah, but for like four years straight, every <laughs> Noah in my class was just a rotten kid. And so <laughs> when he would say the name Noah, I'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, because I just, did, I didn't want him to be disrespectful and be crazy and wild. And so I was like, no, that is is mm. I'm sorry. We're, we're not.
1: And so (laughs) so we're we're not in agreement with this, and um, I was walking out to my car uh, to head to church one morning, and the Lord said, you better name him what I've already called him. You better name him what I've already called him. It's interesting because later on in his baby dedication, uh, there was a prophetic word given over his life that he would be a mighty man of valor, not knowing that that's what Gideon's name means. And the whole point was, here in this moment, even his name mattered to God. Right. With Gideon, it mattered to God that his name be called Gideon. And so I learned in that moment that he's entrusting me with this, with this child to be able to do this.
0: Children, um, they're gods, right? We are just stewards of the gifts that God has given us. They are not my kids. Yeah. They are God's kids, and we have them for a short time. And so I know it can be daunting and overwhelming, but it is a calling. And Really, you have to be purposeful if you are going to make an impact in your kids. Mm-hmm. In Genesis one twenty-eight, it said not just to be fruitful and multiply, but it said to fill the earth and subdue it. That means to train, to yeah. train, to um, oversee, to command. You are to train your kids how to walk in authority under God. Yeah. Proverbs twenty-two-six says, "Train up a child in the way should they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it." Joshua twenty-four-fifteen says, "For as for me and my, my house." house we will serve the Lord. See, all of these things have one thing in common, is they require us to be intentional and purposeful as we train our kids.
1: So, if we're going to be intentional and purposeful, what are the ways in which we do that? Well, that's going to be next week. It's going to be next week. But I just want to end with this really quick. Um, Parenting is an amazing honor. It is so challenging. It's so exhausting. But I can tell you that the joys outweigh the exhaustion, the, the laughter, the uh, purpose, the significance. I, I love watching Gideon play baseball. You know, it's like that, is, that just outweighs the challenges and the difficulties and the things that you have to overcome. Um, you may have been, but, but what I want to do at this time is I, I really want to pray um, for some of our parents. There, there may have been a time where you've been like purposeful and present, or you've been intentional, engaged, but you've found yourself in the season of your life kind of going back to maybe like a default parenting type thing, and really this, I know that this could be easily thought that it could apply only to people with kids in the house, but I wanna encourage you that even if you've disengaged from your adult children, to re-engage. Um, so you've been, there've been times maybe where you've been purposeful and present, Uh, you've been intentional and engaged, but you found yourself just kind of doing the bare minimum. And the truth is, is sometimes it's selfishness. Sometimes it's a lot of different things. Other times, it's just you're worn out. You're just tired. And you you feel like you can only give the bare minimum. But I want to encourage you with the scripture, Nehemiah 4. Nehemiah 4, uh, God told Nehemiah to to share this when they were rebuilding a wall. He said, then I looked, as I looked over the situation... I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and watch this, and fight for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Parenting is tiring, it's gonna be exhausting, it's challenging, and it's overwhelming, but God is great, his grace is great, And I urge you this morning to fight for your home, to fight for your kids. You may be tired. Fight for them. Fight for your family. Fight for your kids. Adhere to the same instruction that Nehemiah shared with them rebuilding the wall in your family. So if you're here this morning and you just find yourself doing the default, you find yourself just exhausted, I want you to just be honest because we're going to... Pray for that. We're going to minister to that. Also,
0: I feel like the Lord, like, yeah. as there's different stages of kids, there's different stages of parenting. And... Um it can be awkward for us as parents, even as we switch from the different seasons, yeah. you know, it's easy when you're younger, you get into those training correcting years and we're moving into the like coaching sideline, you know, and it's like, we're that's, doing
1: both really. Yeah. But it's yeah. so
0: different and it can be awkward. And so like for me today, like I want to receive prayer that I would have wisdom, even as uh, my kids are changing, I'm changing. Right. And I'm changing in different seasons. And so maybe there's parents here that you now have adult children and that's a new season or you're fresh. You know, like we're all learning and growing. And so um, just, yes, if you're tired and you're worn out, but also if you just want wisdom, because change can be awkward and um, change isn't always fun, but it is a part of life. So just wisdom for the changes that we're going through as parents too. Yeah.
1: So if this really kind of speaks to where you are in any one of those phases with your kids, will you just stand? Thank you. Awesome. 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 Okay, let's do this. Thank you. Let's do this. I want you to find someone. I want you to put your hands on them because this is part of the body of Christ. I want to pray over everybody. So just find someone uh, that's standing And I'm just going to pray. And then when I get done praying, I just want you to spend time praying with them as well. So Father, Lord, you see the parents in the room that are weary, uh, tired, maybe frustrated. Uh, Things have been going uh, a mile a minute. Uh, Things have been fast-paced. And Lord, they're just worn out. You also see God, parents in the room that may be transitioning into different phases of parenting and it's uncomfortable and they, they don't necessarily know how to go about that. Father, for those that are fatigued, I just pray for a refreshing right now. I just pray, Lord, what I pray for is fresh vision. Fresh vision. I pray for a renewal of joy. I pray for life. You know what I pray for, God? I pray for energy. I pray that you would give them energy. Give them, give them a grace that gives them energy. And Lord, I, I know that it's so easy and fatigued to be preoccupied. It can be so exhausting and you want to just kind of relax and get a break. But Lord, I pray for endurance. I pray for the ability to stick through it. And Lord, I pray, I know that the days are long, but the years are short. And I pray that we would not abandon this time, abandon this critical stage of parenting to pour into our kids' lives. And even as Pastor Dwight has shared, that when he walked his daughters down the aisle, he had no regrets. I pray that these parents, God, even though it's tiring and exhausting, that they would be able to look back and say, I've done this without any regrets. I've, I've given it all. I've done everything that I know to do. And God, in the areas where there's, they feel insufficient and they don't know even how to approach it, I pray that you would give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. I pray that you would make your voice clear so that they can know what to say, they can know what to do, And, Father, that it wouldn't just be about parenting, but it would be about connecting with the heart of their kids in what they do, Lord. So give them strength, give them energy, give them grace, and I pray that they would be able to run this phase of the race well. And, Lord, I even speak um, over any form of any condemnation that they carry any lies of the enemy that have been robbing them from being present because he has made them feel insignificant and unworthy and that they're not doing a good job. I pray, Lord Jesus, the truth that God sees you and he knows your story, he knows your situation, and he is with you every step of the way. I just speak well done, good, and faithful even on the days when you feel tired and you don't have anything to give. I speak well done, good and faithful, and I speak over uh, mothers that you will be the mom that, that, that maybe you never had. You'll be better. I, I pray over fathers that they would, be, they would be just like Father God, and they would be able to parent their kids, and everything that they do would be a testimony of who Jesus is to their kids, Lord. So Lord, we speak that over these parents. And Father, we just pray that they would be able to finish the season well. Finish the season well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so next week we're going to be talking about all of the intentional ways to parent. We love you guys. If you're visiting this morning, we'd love to talk with you. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.